This is CNT Talk. Every week, two friends debate the issues of the ages as we agree to disagree. It's never politically correct, but it's always entertaining. Join us tonight so you can sound knowledgeable at work tomorrow. We're smacking you upside the head with the hammer of truth. Welcome to the show. That's foreshadowing. That's later. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I can't, I have no idea what that's for. I yeah. actually, I, I suspect I know what it is. I suspect you know as well. Uh, we'll get to that. Just keep that in the back of your mind because it's going to consume me. <laughs> we, have to, we have to deal with it. But first, um, if you were alive on uh, earlier in the week when CNN decided that seven hours of Climate change town hall was somehow necessary. Are we sure that Donald Trump does not control CNN? Wow, you must. You must. I, I want to play a clip. It just highlights of. Is this the ban all the things? No. Well, sort of. Not, not, not that one, but something like that. I love the vision of the Green New Deal. But I support uh, local communities and states that want to ban fracking. In Guatemala, where we've helped to precipitate a drought. There's no question I'm in favor of banning fracking. I think the Green New Deal deserves an enormous amount of credit. Uh, do you ban plastic straws? I think we should. Yes. <laughs> and when we do that, you're going to have a lot of taxpayers out there who will be paying more in taxes. You'll have people who are not getting food stamps and so forth. So would you ban offshore drilling? Yes. Let's talk about offshore drilling for oil. Would you ban it? Yes, absolutely. Gonna... And our coal burning plants. No one's going to build another coal burning. We've got to shut the ones down we have. But no one is going to build a new one. And educating everyone on the need to curb population growth seems a reasonable campaign to enact. Would you be courageous enough to discuss this issue and make it a key feature of a plan to address climate catastrophe? Well, Martha, the answer is yes. Some of it is with light bulbs, some of it is on straws, some of it, dang, is on cheeseburgers, right? And Booker wants to take away your hamburger. One of the reasons I love the framing of the Green New Deal is it uses some of the language that we might associate with the way that we met the response of Nazi Germany. What are we doing? <laughs> What's going on right now? This is so, <laughs> this is so fantastic. Seven hours of these blowhards. What I titled this was Hot Air from CNN. They, they made the greenhouse effect worse because of these idiots blabbering. But, but here's the thing. Oh. This is so beautiful because the campaign ads this – is, this is a thousand hours of campaign ads for Donald Trump. <laughs> Look, we, we say this jokingly, but I'm not really joking about this. These people have lost their minds. The, oh, yeah. The Democratic Party okay, – this is the crew that they are saying wants to run the country – Every one of these people, if they actually believe what they're saying, some of them may not. Uh, I think most of them do. They're all lunatics. Yes. They're all completely bonkers. Let's go through the list of things that they have all said that they're going to ban. So let's see. We had we have plastic straws. Of course, that's uh -huh. a scourge. The scourge of plastic straws. Uh -huh. We're going to ban burgers, right? Because meat has to go. By uh -huh. the way, is I haven't followed something on that, your cheeseburger? What I don't know what she was talking but about. But is the meat because of the cow methane? Is that is that the problem? No. What the is meat, the problem with the meat? So if you're not familiar with Beyond Meat and Impossible Burger, those are vegetable substitute yes. burgers. Okay. Which actually have more calories, more cholesterol, more fat. So it's not really for vegetarians. It's because you can create that in a lab and not need resources, land resources, 
and everything else. Wait, so it's that they're using a lot of land? Yes, cows take except, a lot of except, grazing land. So this is beautiful. Cows take a lot of grazing land. How much land do windmills and solar panels take, given that they want to run the Apparently entire... Less. No, actually, it would <laughs> be almost more, all of North America. Yeah, you'd need all that just to even get So close. that's the problem with the meat? It's that's the grazing the problem land? With the meat. I thought yeah. it might be the methane from the flatulence. Well, well that's probably okay. the side product that they don't right, care Right, so for. we're banning uh, the internal combustion engine. Yes. We are banning air travel eventually. Yes. We are banning... Well, well, we're only banning air travel for you and me. Well, that's true. The elites can go wherever right, they the want. The more equal pigs will still have their, their sure, jets because they sure. have to go to their conferences. I get it. Uh, <laughs> we're banning all fossil fuels. Uh, so that's, of course, coal, natural gas banning. In fact, Elizabeth Warren just came out and said, first thing I'm doing as president is banning with my, with my uh, Cruella wand. <laughs> all, all fracking is done. Yeah. Um, we're banning – oh, and my favorite, my favorite from our friendly neighborhood – Go back to the fracking. How does she ban fracking? It's a state-by-state state Oh, no, no. Decision. Of course. Well, that's that's a pesky detail. Who cares? Well, I don't know what she's going to She's going to issue a royal, royal decree. She's the, okay. You're right. She's the queen, whatever. Gotcha. She's the the white witch. I, I don't know. Um, <laughs> she, she went on a vision quest. She saw that the fracking has to go, and it's going to go. Uh, none of them ever – you ever think the follow-up question would be um, – First of all, how do you think you're going to do this within our constitutional system? Secondly, how many jobs do you're proposing to eliminate? And and what? Oh, they're going to code, right? Was that the thing? They're going to code. <laughs> yes. Um, no, my favorite answer though was from our friendly neighborhood communist Bernie, right? <laughs> uh, Statler saying that he he gets asked the question by this this you know zealot yes. saying what are you going to do about promoting abortion in the third world? And his answer was we have to. Do that for population control. Mm-hmm. Margaret Sanger is applauding. Yes, yes. I, I love it She's when dead, you. Folks, just I love it when wondering. the Democratic Party embraces their eugenic past because yeah. that's what he's saying. Well, AOC basically said the same thing. We need to have population controls because it, one, it's not safe for children to be born. Based right. on what's coming follow, up. Follow the moral logic here. Yes. These are the same people that are having infarctions over children being separated from their parents at the border. Ironic, and their it? policy is we need to kill more third world babies to to protect Gaia. Well, and part of that also was population control in the sense of don't have children. Right. Now, let's don't let's have take this children out. or please abort them. Well, let's take this out to its natural conclusion. If we don't have children, how many generations till there's no people? <laughs> well, um, again, um, again, because all of these policies do not affect they, they, the implicit understanding among all of these people is we're not going to do any of this. It's it's for all of the lemmings well, who need to be who need to be reeducated and think indoctrinated. That, think that through for another second. So, every one of these nutbags wants to take literally every dollar you make today and in, in perpetuity, so they can fund all these crazy programs that would bankrupt the company country dozens of times over. Right now, just talking about Social Security. When it was instituted, wasn't it like 16 workers for one person recipient? It might have been more than that. Now it's, what, 1.6 yes. per recipient? You don't have children? Guess how many it is? It's zero per, for all. You're, you're, what? Why, why, are you, why are you trying to confuse their utopia with actual the one child economic policy, reality? Yeah. The one-child policy in China has not worked out so well, folks. They can't find wives See, for their men. As I said before, though, Joe... Uncle Joe, who's who's been gaff tastic now here for the you know, he's really 
but all he needed to do, don't get on Joe, don't get on the crazy train. Yeah. He can't help himself. No. He's he's all in on the on the Green New Deal. <laughs> Every one of them. And you know, uh, you might say, well, it seems kind of insulting for you to for you to say that these people are crazy. I'm sorry. Mm. There is no other appropriate description for someone who thinks that we're going to abolish fossil fuels, abolish cars, abolish air travel, uh, abolish meat. Mm-hmm. If this is your presidential platform and it's every single one of these people, I'm sorry. I have to call it as I see it. It's lunacy. These people... If you compare what these people are saying to even what Barack Obama was saying, they make Barack Obama look like William F. Buckley. Okay? (laughs) The Democratic Party has veered so far into the fever swamp Mm -hmm. in the space of essentially, what, three years? Yeah. Three years. Do you think they veered here or they were going here? Well, they were and already it wasn't because going. They, didn't have a, they didn't have a lightning rod of Trump right. to energize no, everybody. No, Trump has been um, the catalyst. Was AOC a nutbag in 2015, or did she only become a nutbag in 2016? Well, I think, here's the difference. I think these people all, all existed, but what Trump has done, this is the genius in some ways of Trump, is he has revealed the level of craziness that was always bubbling beneath the surface, and now they're just sprinting, sprinting towards insanity. It's you can't. You can't win a general election with that kind of platform. I don't think I mean, you do, can. Do you think? <laughs> I don't what, know. Maybe you can. You, I don't think you what can. What do you think? What do you think the swing voters, the, the the ones that they're trying to get back that Hillary lost in Ohio in the Rust Belt, right? What do you think their response is to? Yeah. First thing I'm going to do, ban that fracking. No more cheeseburgers for you. We got to ban <laughs> that meat. Straw, put those straws away. Those are gone too. They're looking. Again, people have deep reservations about Donald Trump. They don't like Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. But they're going to look at Donald Trump and say, all right, I don't like the tweeting. I don't really like the, you know, the philandering. I don't like the lying. Oh, let's look over here. Oh, my word. <laughs> it's the Arkham Asylum from, from Batman. I can't vote for any of these people. Well, I saw, I saw a cartoon today, and it was some guy trying to decide on who to vote for, and he said, on one side, you've got the people who think you're racist, homophobic, xenophobic. You name all the phobias and the isms. And then there's somebody else who doesn't think you're those things. Which one would you vote for? The guy who thinks you're not all those things or the people who think you are? How, how do you – now, you, you talk about swing voters. I question how many actual swing voters there are. I don't think I think there's, there's some, but I think there's people who say, I don't know who I'm going to vote for until I walk in because I really don't like what they're offering, but I really don't like – him but at the end of the day you're going to vote with to be fair forget anything else we ever say you're going to vote with your pocketbook you're going to vote with what you think is going to keep you employed what you think is going to help your family from a financial standpoint because you're not going to vote for something you think is going to bankrupt you but you may do it anyway but you don't think it's going the other point which this you know we know this now CNN is supposedly a legitimate news organization. I've heard, <laughs> I've heard that rumor, right? but, but I don't here's, know. here's the thing. So, so, so. so you have people like Anderson Cooper. I didn't watch any of this circus, yeah. but nevertheless, you would, you would hope if we existed in a reality where there were journalists instead of, as Glenn Reynolds would say, Democratic operatives with bylines or with specials, <laughs> do you think they might have asked a few questions of these people like, huh, okay, um, first of all, how do you think you're going to implement 
your totalitarian, your mm-hmm. mini totalitarian uh, dreams of, for instance, banning all fracking. How, how, how is that going to work? Because remember, we're, we're supposedly the people very concerned about Trump's authoritarianism, right? He's blowing up the Constitution. Donald Trump has never proposed anything like this. <laughs> or, for instance, um, so you're going to ban the internal combustion engine. <laughs> And you think you're going to do this in within a decade or two decades? What's what's going to replace that? And economically, Horses. how is that going to work? And Bernie, your Green New Deal, what's the current calculation of cost? What is it? Uh, I forget, $20, $30 trillion? Yeah, just for that. Right, just for just that. For that what's how, the national debt? How is any trillion. of this going to happen? Do you think someone who fancied themselves a journalist might, I don't know, have some interest in asking these kind of questions? No, they just have their pom-poms. Excellent. Here's the other thing I noticed. The people that are standing up at this town hall, they're literally wearing T-shirts like, you know, I don't know. You know for me. Kill the human, save Gaia, whatever. Yeah. Do you think, what would you think if there was a town hall on, let's say, gun control, mm-hmm. and all of the questioners stood up and had I heart the NRA T-shirts. That's our next do, topic. Do you think that, the, that any legitimate network would, would allow that? Of course not. No. They're not even, they're not even pretending no. anymore that they care about even remotely being neutral, uh, fact-interested. Uh, let's actually figure out whether any of this is feasible. They're just... They're just megaphones for a bunch of crazy people. You you assume there is such a thing as a journalist. And I question journalism in the purest sense. I don't believe that exists. I think there are journalists who are less biased. And then there's CNN and MSNBC who are not even remotely neutral. Well, of course, everyone brings their own personal biases. But here's the thing. And this has been made explicit by the New York Times. Is that... (laughs) Watch journalism journalism now means, for these people, actively opposing the current administration. Well, they redefine they make, the word. They make no bones about that. They, they, are now, they are now crusaders. They're not interested in reporting facts mm-hmm. uh, and letting people decide. They're interested in promoting agendas. And the only difference is they used to pretend otherwise. But now they, they have actually become so emboldened because of their hatred for Donald Trump that they, they make no bones about the fact that, no, no. We are engaged. We are at the we are at the vanguard of the resistance. It is our job to make sure that we take down Trump and that the public, you know, the mouth breathers, understand what they're supposed to think. Mm-hmm. That is what journalism now is. And if you don't believe me, we've mentioned this before. I encourage you to go back and Google find the transcript that was leaked of the New York Times meeting, we talked about this, where they had a revolt because a factually neutral headline was unacceptable because mm-hmm. it did not demonize Donald Trump. And in the middle of that meeting, when Dean Baquet, I don't know how you say his last name, <laughs> um, when he is addressing his very unhappy minions who are supposedly, again, journalists, all of the questions assumed, listen, we have to tailor our reporting in a certain way to promote our progressive agenda. And if we're not doing that, we are very, very unhappy. 20 years ago, <laughs> even though these people were all lockstep liberals, they would have at least had certain people with the integrity in the newsroom to say, that is not what we're about. That doesn't exist anymore. Well, 
Walter Cronkite was once called the most trusted man Not in America. Walter Cronkite, Cronkite he was, was a down-the-line liberal. Yes. So when you say there would have 20 years ago would have been somebody in the newsroom to say, well, this is not who we are, it is exactly who they are. Well, no, no. Maybe they Meaning wanted to have the mask. They at, least, they at least would have had the integrity to say, you know what? Just out of um, preserving what we're, what we're supposedly about here, we're going to try, mm-hmm. even though we all agree, we're going to try to have the editorial page say all these things that you want to say. And we're going to at least make some pathetic effort to have the news articles that we print not simply be stenography for an ideology. Was, was uh, that, that that, about, that's, was, never, that's not even the goal anymore. But was that more about we want to preserve the illusion and we want to preserve our revenue or do we really think we have integrity? Because I don't know that I believe that. I don't believe that there was integrity. Look, there's and I think still, journalism no, is there an were issue. Good, there are good. There were good. Like for instance, a guy like John Fisher Burns mm-hmm. for the New York Times. There were legitimately great reporters there who tried to do it right. Tried mm-hmm. to set aside their personal convictions because they would simply they couldn't imagine doing it in this fashion where they're just essentially writing editorials on the front page of the newspaper pretending it's news. But so the, the shift is this is accelerated where it went from we don't do that to we're going we're gonna to pretend, we're going to have a veneer of legitimacy to openly and wantonly saying we don't care about that anymore. All we're about is promoting a particular worldview and we will do it on our editorial page and we will do it on our news page because this is our mission. We no longer pretend that we are simply serving the public. We're instructing the public on what they need to know, and we are omitting from the public mm-hmm. the things that they don't need to know. I, I think you're completely right on that. I think I would look at historically, even in colonial times, there were two sides or three sides to newspapers that would print only one side of whatever the issue was, right up and through William Randolph Hearst. And I think they said, we got to clean this up a little bit and act like put a little patina on this that says we're not completely biased. And I think it lasted for a couple decades. And now we're back to physically what we were before. And people don't remember because they weren't alive then. But that's what we're back to where it's I mean, you read the New York Post. That's slanted more right wing. Yeah, the New York Post is, uh, is conservative. That's you know, the only conservative daily in New York. Yes. New so, York Daily News, New York Times, they're both incredibly Right. So the liberal. Post is a little bit more whereas you get the Washington Post or the New York Times they're, they're going to do the same. They're they're left leaning. So Left leaning. They're not even left leaning. Well, they, they're they're, left. they're off the cliff. They were left and they're they're very clearly left. It's it's no question. I, I just think if you watch Fox News, I think you're getting a little bit of a slant that direction if you watch most of the other News of any kind, you're probably getting a left slant on almost every reporter or every news segment. I, I I don't think a lot of I don't think a lot of solace in journalism because I don't think journalism no, has ever really instance, existed in the way they claim instance, it has. How, here's here's a question that that any semi competent journalist might want to ask. Joe Biden says, "I'm all I'm for that super duper Green New Deal." <laughs> follow up follow up question, Joe over here, Joe. Um, let me read to you what the Green New Deal says. You tell me if uh, – just want to make sure you're in agreement. Uh, one of the things it calls for is retrofitting every building in America. Mm-hmm. You, you're in favor of that? Absolutely. Um, super retrofit with, uh, you know, extra ball bearings. Um, and Joe, Joe, okay, so you're on board with the whole retrofitting of every structure in America. Again, how is that going to be accomplished? Oh, listen, the de- we'll work out the details later. You know, we'll, we'll appoint a, a ministry of retrofitting. 
Uh, we'll handle it. I mean, that's the thing. These are very basic questions mm-hmm. that would expose how ludicrous, but also how authoritarian this stuff is. They're not interested in asking a single thing. They don't care. See, my only question to every single one of them, detailed explanation, how are you going to pay for it? Not Elizabeth Warren. We're going to have a billionaire tax. No, see, That's I not an answer. But here's the thing. I don't even want to ask them that question because everyone understands they can't pay for it. But I want so them to be on record to say that. They're, they're not going to say that. They're going to say we're going to grow the magic money tree. Then I keep pushing. And we're going to print more money. And we're going to have a trillion-dollar coin. And we'll have a, a speculation <laughs> and conjecture tax. And whatever else they're going to say because they count on the public being enumerate. No, no. So I don't ask them that question. I want the focus to be on explain how you're going to go about changing the entire face of the country. Uh, for, okay, let's. we didn't talk about guns yet because no. we're going to ban all the guns again. How are you going to get them? Well, that's the question. How are you going to pay for it and how no, are you going to do how it? How are you going to get them? How are you going to do are you what you going say you're going to do? Are you going to use the police? Because remember, they're now back on the kick. We need to ban all the assault weapons, whatever those are, because it's a made-up term. It doesn't mean anything. Mm-hmm. It just says, look scary. Gun that looks scary. Just... How are you going to go about banning? Oh, we're going to do a buyback. We're going to do a, I love this, a mandatory buyback. Mm. Okay, first of all, did you actually sell any guns? Like, who are you? (laughs) Were you the seller? I don't think anyone in the government actually sold those guns. You're going to buy them back? Oh, and it's mandatory. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, what happens when all these gun owners don't show up for the mandatory buyback? Because I can guarantee you they're not coming. What is, what are you going to do? Are you going to enlist the state and local authorities Mm -hmm. to go door to door Mm -mm. and take the guns? Mm -mm. Are you going to encourage neighbors to snitch on other neighbors who might have guns? Tell the American people how you're going to accomplish this. And by the way, if you face armed resistance, which I can guarantee you, you would, Mm -hmm. what are you going to do then? Mm, That seems a little troublesome. Has anyone asked any no. of those questions? No. no, we don't care. Well, they don't care because it's the pen and the phone. It's the pen and the phone again. Kamala Harris did the same thing. I'm going to first day in office. I'm going to take away guns. I'm going to take assault weapons. How? How are you doing any of this? Show me the plan. I mean, I feel like we're back to Obamacare. We have to pass it before we know what's in it. We have to elect one of these people before we know what they're actually going to do. Well, no, I need to know before you get elected. I need to know before anybody votes, what are you going to do and how are you going to do it? Don't tell me I love this, but it's not feasible. Okay, then you don't love it. None of the people that have been constantly shrieking since the inception of his presidency about Donald Trump's alleged tyranny, right? He's a strong man. He's shredding the living constitution. Donald Trump has never proposed or even come close to proposing a single policy as radical as even one of the things that these people are suggesting. Not even, not even close. Tell, tell me the policy that Donald Trump has either proposed or implemented that comes close to we're going to require the retrofitting of every building in America. No. We're going to abolish. We're going to ban fracking. No. We're going to require – this is Elizabeth Warren. She has a lot of good ideas. Mm. Um, we're going to require every company – that has revenues of over a billion dollars to be under placed under state control, mm-hmm. government control of the means of production. That sounds familiar to me. Mm-hmm. Donald Trump, who is constantly compared to somebody who has been an apocalypse mm-hmm. for the Constitution, the democracy can barely survive, has not even proposed something within a universe of this stuff. No. And yet 
All the people that are crying crocodile tears about the demise of the republic, they sit there and they applaud like seals for this insanity. And it's not just insanity. It's what it would require, which is you can't accomplish this in a democracy. No. Unless you think, as Tom Friedman would want, we can be China for a day. Let's just be China for a day and let yes. Kamala and Elizabeth do what they want, and then we'll go back to pretending we're living a democracy. Yeah, you can't. So you bring up Elizabeth Warren, and she's got this billionaire tax. I don't know if people realize this. If you move overseas and you live in France and you're still an American citizen, the U.S. government, unlike some other governments, requires you to continue to pay taxes, even though you don't live here and – Whatever those taxes are going for aren't benefiting you because you're not here. In her billionaire tax, you would be taxed, and they would tax your buttload of stuff. It's flatly unconstitutional. It is. Her proposal also says that if you renounce your American citizenship, which you can do and take up citizenship somewhere else, if you have over a billion dollars, you automatically forfeit 40% of that to the U.S. government because you were a billionaire and you're no longer a citizen. Think about what they're asking. And I think the tax base for me is is amazing i don't live here i have to pay taxes to you sure i can be a i can be in france i can move to belgium and not pay tax in france because i live in belgium but if i move anywhere outside the u.s and i still retain my citizenship i have to keep paying you even though i'm not here to benefit from it right this was this was exactly the same issue with the corporate tax yeah because i think that the U.S. was the only country in the developed world, in the first world, where we taxed companies both here and abroad. We taxed revenue where they were overseas, mm-hmm. and we taxed them here. Mm-hmm. No other country did that. So, And then you would hear the same people whining about the fact, look at these, cor- you know, these corporate inversions. <laughs> what do you suppose the cause of that might be? Not only the confiscatory level of the tax here, but you're taxing them in both places. And you bemoan the fact, why, oh, why won't they bring their factories and their workers back here? I wonder what could possibly be the incentivizing them from Can't leaving. Can't imagine. Can't imagine. Well, you, let's use Pennsylvania as an example of taxing. So Pennsylvania, where we happen to reside, is discussing, I don't know if we'll ever get there, removing um, school tax from home ownership. So if you own land or own a home in the state of Pennsylvania, you pay school taxes yeah. to your local district, wherever your land happens to reside. So they want to remove that. But in return, they want to jump up the sales tax to currently 6%. They want to go 9 or higher. Oh, it's always going to be It's always going to be higher. higher. So I was talking to a friend about this, and she said, well, I don't think that's a bad thing because I'd save money. She oh, just really? bought a house. I said, no, 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 you don't understand. They're not getting any money out of the renters right now because they don't own anything. They know if they jump up the tax, it's always it's gonna and it's gonna be on everything. There's not gonna be exemptions exactly. on exactly everything Start you doing buy. Nine percent. I guarantee you're gonna Calculate pay more. Calculate how much you pay guaranteed for in a course of a year on all of these things that are now gonna be taxed. Oh, it's only you know, oh, it's only an extra, you know, three, four bucks. Yeah. And every time. Every time. That's, every day. So think about this for a second. You brought up the corporate tax. You get a salary from your employer. Guess what? There's an income tax in the state of Pennsylvania. And there's a tax on everything you buy. So you're getting taxed twice on the same money. Sure. You spend your money. You're you say that taxed. like it's a bad thing. Well, I say it like it's a really bad thing because I don't believe – now, there's certain states in the, in the country, Tennessee, Texas being two that I can think of off the top of my head. There is no income tax. You're only charged on sales tax, which is higher than Pennsylvania, but it is still just sales tax. Pennsylvania wants it both ways. They want to tax you coming and going, 
and they want to tax you when you sell your house. You sell your house, you got to pay 1% tax to the state for the privilege of selling your house. The, the buyer has to do the same thing. There's a 2% right. tax on selling of a house. Why? You've paid taxes on it the whole time. You've paid everything into it, but they want See, more. See, the benefit of the sales tax gambit is that it's kind of one of these out of sight, out of mind. Sure. Because it's little increments. Mm-hmm. Drip here, drip there. No one's actually going to sit there and at the end of the year with their calculator realize, oh, my word, I've actually been taxed double yeah. what my school taxes used to. Yeah. She's, that's, this, the, that's the benefit. This is my friend. She's like, well, I'm sure it's going to save me money. And I'm like, no, they made the calculus. You're going to end up paying more. They know that. Yeah. you Because everybody gonna, buys something. You're, they're not going to implement this to get less money out no, of you. No. They're going to get it from – Every person who comes through the state. Just on one, one other comment about this idea of, you know, again, specifically taxing the so-called wealthy. It's a direct tax on a class of people mm-hmm. merely because, well, you have too much money. Mm-hmm. That's not constitutional. Nope. It's like saying, listen, all the brown haired people. Um, listen, we've done, we've done some studies. You seem to make more money. We're going to tax you an extra 1% on yeah, what you have. Just because. Well, because we think we can. And it is, it's incredible to me how ingrained, again, these are the same people that are (laughs) banging their fists, having tantrums about Donald Trump's authoritarian Kaiser-like presidency, who seem to think that the minute they become president, and by the way, who taught them this? Barack Obama. Mm -hmm. What was Barack Obama's famous comment when he decided to unilaterally change our immigration laws? If Congress doesn't act... The president does. Is that how the separation of powers works? I believe so. You know no. what? You, no. Congress, you didn't pass legislation. I am now I am now king legislator. Sorry. King you didn't Barry. do what I wanted. I get to do it with my pen and phone. And they all they have all adopted this strategy, which is the minute I'm president, listen, I'm going to give Congress a chance, despite the fact that they're a less equal branch of government. If they don't do what I want, I'll just do it. Give me my scroll. Blow the trumpet. Here's the new rule. Fracking is dead throughout the country, mm-hmm. as declared by Queen Elizabeth. Sure, sure. So let's move topics a little bit. And I, you've heard of domestic terrorism, right, Tony? You know what domestic terrorism is, right? Isn't that all the white nationalists? Well, probably. Um, <laughs> Timothy <laughs> McVeigh. That's what, that's, what that's what I've been told. You know, Oklahoma that's, City bombing Timothy McVeigh. That's yes. domestic terrorism. Well, apparently this week, the San Francisco City Council has – change the definition of domestic terrorism. It doesn't mean what you think it means. It means things we don't like. So they've branded the NRA as a domestic terrorist organization, which I guess would be... Wait, you mean they hadn't already done that? Well, they hadn't already done it. Apparently, they just got around to it. They've had other... That's a huge oversight for the San Francisco City Council. They've got a a bathroom problem in San Francisco, so they had other things taken. Or a (laughs) non-bathroom. Not enough bathrooms. So this week, they made it... They made this pronouncement, and I thought to myself, huh? What? Because an organization that promotes the Second Amendment, promotes safety no, and no, training no. Oh, that is not what they promote. for gun they, use. They promote children being shot. Okay, that, that's that, what they promote. And I'm like, so we're just going just gonna to sit here and go, oh, okay, no problem, sure. Yeah, but but to, what, to what end? What is the San Francisco City Council going to do now? I don't know. They, are they going to ban, made a are they ban the NRA? Uh, I guess I, in I San Francisco, feeling... no, no local chapters, I guess. Right. Well, I look, if, if they're watching Kamala Harris, apparently they think that they have more authority than they do. But who knows? You know, they're I, going to decree the NRA shall not exist. I, I saw I was at a, an ice cream shop recently and I walked past a car and it was a, a hybrid electric hybrid plug in that had an NRA sticker in the back, which I thought was. 
anachronist. I couldn't didn't think you could have both. You couldn't be a hybrid believer. Had, not have, a hybrid. I'm sorry. Just an EV. It wasn't even a had hybrid. It, had it been keyed you know, no. multiple times? No. It was on the inside of the window. Very, so maybe they're thinking somebody might scratch it off. Very it brave. Was, I, I took a picture. I'm like, I don't think I've ever seen this before. I just thought I'd put that out there because these are the pronouncements coming out of Crazy Central. They've got other issues to deal with. They, they took the time to brand the NRA a domestic terrorist organization. Right. Well, and again. Clean up your city. But, Stop pooping on the sidewalk. You know, come on. It's amazing to me. I'm sorry. I just I had, to, I had to share that. You, yeah, well, it's just like they, they might as well issue. No, I'm not surprised, but this is what they do. It is. This is the kind of stuff you and I might as well decree that, um, you know, Nancy Pelosi is the Antichrist. We, we've decided. She's not. She's not smart enough to be the Antichrist. But nevertheless, um, <laughs> so we're assuming the you know, Antichrist is very intelligent. So I think so. <laughs> um, this is what they do. Yeah, I'm. I'm sure that Portland will follow suit. You know, I'm oh, sure. Sure. They've got Antifa running wild in their streets. No, basically, New York's probably good there pretty soon too. They, they the uh, Bloombergers or not Bloomberg, uh, De Blasio is not a real big fan of. I, I thought, um, and you know what, they should probably, they left out, Chick-fil-A should also probably be part of the domestic terrorist organization. You wait, probably will be. Yeah. Selling delicious chicken, chicken you cannot do that. That's uh, obviously going to hearts and minds. I have a story out of Australia that I, I have to play for you, and I want your reaction after you hear it. So please listen closely. Croiky. <laughs> This isn't your average neighbourhood dispute. It's a battle between a vegan and meat eaters, a health-conscious massage therapist and the barbecuers next door. They've put it so it just, you smell fish. All I smell is fish. Stella Carden is vegan, and she's fed up with the meaty smells coming from over the fence of her Girraween home. I can't enjoy my backyard. I can't go out there. She's also... Uh-huh. This woman has filed three different lawsuits in Australia. She's taken it to the Australian Supreme Court because her neighbors grow fish, and she's a vegan. Yeah. Hey, and she says, I should not have to smell their fish, so I can't use my backyard. The neighbor boys play basketball, and she thinks that's awful because it's loud and noisy. And on the other side, a guy smokes outside. So apparently yeah. her little bubble of space is somehow sacrosanct and she shouldn't have Absolutely. to deal with this. So any reactions? It's entirely to consistent with um, <laughs> with what's going on these days. So oh, I just they I should to... be forced to stop barbecuing. Yeah, you can't barbecue. Are you and serious? it's not even meat. It's, it's fish. fish. <laughs> but she's a vegan so everything's meat to her. I, what I was hoping to hear is that they had then got an ox and put it on a spit and were cooking that the like neighbor moved the barbecue. Seven. The neighbor took the barbecue yeah. out. I'm like, no, no, sorry, no, I'm sorry, See, don't the, play that but game. But here's the thing, and and the, the, the point about this is, you can't appease these people. So that sounds like a nice neighborly thing to do, right? Okay, mm-hmm. my my neighbor, uh, my hypersensitive neighbor is bothered by my fish. I'm going to move my barbecue. You think that's going to placate her? No, no, uh-uh. no, because you're still eating they, fish. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. There is no. That's the whole point. The whole point with this worldview is. We supposedly live in a pluralistic society, right, which means, hey, uh, you, you have to accept other people for their their own quirks and their eccentricities. No, 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 no. <laughs> that doesn't work for the bubble people because they are not going to accept your good faith compromise with mm-hmm. them, even though these people have no reason to do that at all. No. Right? She has no, no. legal – and, of course, the, the answer to her should be – Go move to a deserted place, perhaps a yeah. rock outcropping, where the wafting smell of fish will never 
We'll never violate your nostrils again. No. No, no. I want to stay here, and I need, I'm going to force everyone else. To conform right, because, to what I because want. Because I'm a tolerant person. Yes, I'm a tolerant. Right? And I have no – if you want to eat vegetables or you want to be a vegan, fine. That, that's your decision. And it doesn't impact me, and it shouldn't impact you. If I want to grill my meat or smoke my meat. No. But th- this, this circles to back to the whole point of the, the Democratic presidential candidates yeah. is, no, no, no. We will tell you, we will tell you how you shall live. Mm. Okay, you don't you don't understand that pluralism means what the smart people have decided you should eat and you should drive and you should use to power your home, the light bulbs you use. We will tell you how mm. you're supposed to live because again, we're the most tolerant people in the land. Fair enough. Fair enough. So. We have come to that point in the show. This is the point where if you dislike sports, um, <laughs> shut it off because we're going full sports the rest of the time. And Tony's going to laugh at me. Are I'm we? Not... Are we going to disagree again? We. Seem, I don't know. I don't know yet. We we'll, seem to have our most disagreements on sports. Well, we'll see. I, we we might have some disagreement. So, <clears throat> if you've been following the preseason NFL, and if you are, I'm sorry because it doesn't really mean much most of the time. Um, Melvin Gordon was allowed to shop for a trade, but apparently that didn't happen. Is he not reported yet, right? No. Season starts nobody, tomorrow. Nobody wants him now, for what he thinks he's worth. Officially, the season started on Thursday night, but you couldn't tell by the game. Oh, boy. So that was brutal. That was not something you want to watch. So the real season starts tomorrow. The actual start of the season is tomorrow. Um, and all, all rosters were locked. Everybody's ready to go. And if you've been watching the preseason, if you have HBO and happen to watch Hard Knocks like you do, uh, you might have seen this pandering organization and this uh, pretty boy who can't seem to get out of his own way and his own stupidity who thinks he's in chains by making $30 million guaranteed, something like that. Antonio Brown, one, former Steeler. I have nothing but animosity, animosity and disgust for the man. Uh, <laughs> not because of what he's currently done, what he did later today, but also because of how he handled himself in Pittsburgh. I feel he... He, he should have behaved better, and we've we talked about that in the past. So he gets traded to the Raiders in the offseason. They give him more money than he was already getting because he thought he deserved it. And the Raiders, being the Raiders, uh, they gave it to him. They gave him $30 million and a $50 million guarantee – or $30 million guaranteed, $50 million contract for five years. Something like that. Anyway. He gets out there. We, well, we talked about helmet gate. Well, right? he, he burned his feet in a cryo chamber right. because apparently he doesn't in know France, how to wear shoes. In France. In France, because we don't have cryo chambers here in the U.S. He painted his old Steelers helmet with twice. Twice. Well, because he didn't. He refused to Be, use the new helmet. Because he thought he didn't get a year severin or a year leeway, which he actually got last year, and he didn't realize Tom Brady had to change his helmet, but he did. But then we worked through that. We got through that. We eventually found a helmet after he filed two grievances that were quickly denied because, you know what, the collective bargaining unit says, you got to have a safe helmet. We're trying to – we're just trying to keep you from being as stupid as you want to be. That, that's what we're trying to do. We can buy the leather helmets for you only if you'd really like that. No face mask, leather helmets. So he gets fined by the Raiders because, you know, 
he didn't show up for things. Yeah, Mike Mayock, who is the the GM of the Raiders, wrote him a letter. Yes, um, that basically I read said, the letter. It was a nice yeah, letter. Well, it was I a mean, standard you're taking yeah. money from you. It's a nice letter. The lawyers wrote the letter. Mike Mayock sure. signed it, and it said you're going to get fined fifty four thousand dollars for this, this, missing and this. this, and this is all this is all spelled out. What yeah. happens? And it's collective bargaining, so it's not yeah, like it's he just made it up. No collective bargaining agreement, and then Antonio didn't like that, so then he posted because he's a very uh, prolific user of social media. He, I wish you'd learn how to spell. He posted the letter with some incredibly bizarre um, – I'm not even sure what it said. Something Maybe about the, f- the devil. Yeah, the and, devil hates you. I don't – it was – He was very upset about the fines that were legitimately imposed on him for actually not, not reporting to work. And, and I, and I say this with, that, with all sincerity. When he passes, and whenever that is, check him for CTE because I guarantee he's got it. Guaranteed he's got CTE. This guy is – No. Dude, he's well, got CTE. He's – why is it? Why does it have to be CTE? Why can't he just be? I don't know. Kind of losing his marbles. Well, you play football, you How get knocked times? in the head all the time. I, yeah. I got to think CTE's got to play a factor. Anyway, we'll move on whether he has it or right. not. We'll so find out. So keep going Israel. with the story. So so he he takes umbrage with being uh, fined by Mike Mike Mayock on Wednesday in practice. He decides to air his grievances, vent his spleen, as as you might say in the nineteenth century. Uh, and he calls Mike Mayock some racist well, terms. Well, wait, back up. Mike Mayock is on the practice field. He's a GM. So, He's so a GM Antonio for Brown initiates a verbal confrontation yes. Yes. with Mike Mayock. You know, his boss is boss. Right. <laughs> or, or at least we think so. Some reports cussing him out. Some reports say he called him a cracker. Yes. Uh, Antonio Brown denies calling him a cracker. I saw somebody on Twitter say, call, I called him a Trisket, not a cracker, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> Okay, remember. It's not better. So think about this. Triscuits are awful. Think about this. So you're you're and to the point where I guess Vontae's perfect. Yes. Has to if Vontae's perfect. If you know anything about the NFL, <laughs> it's the same one. In actually, Vontae's perfect is the guy that hit Antonio Brown in the head. Yes, he's the one that gave him his concussion in his dirtiest, old helmet. One of the dirtiest players in the league who now used to play for the Bengals. Now he plays for the Raiders. Shocking. If Vontae's perfect is the peacemaker, the rational person in the group, you have a problem. Big, big so anyway, problem. So. They get into it. They get separated. Uh, you know, the Raiders are threatening. Now, this is amazing. They're they're discussing, uh, you know, giving him a suspension. Who discusses it? <laughs> Either you do it or you don't. Have some backbone and say, you know what? That was uncalled for. Any other organization, I don't care what it, where it is, any other organization where you you get into a – you initiate a verbal, if not physical, battle with the boss's boss – how long do you think you're still there? Does it take a discussion? You're, you're clearing out your desk the same day. You're not clearing out your desk. They're throwing your desk right. at you. Right. Well, Get they're, out. They're, they're escorting you to the door. You're done. Nowhere else does this happen. Ever, ever, well, ever. again, the land of sports is different. Well, even, uh, even in sports. Name another NFL team where any player can verbally abuse the GM and and they have to it discuss depends. whether they're not going to have it, it. It depends who it is and what organization. Okay, Tom Brady goes up to no, he, but that's again. It de- as I said, but if he it did, it depends this. on the organization. Okay. It's certainly not going to happen at the Patriots. Uh, there's many of them that it wouldn't be tolerated. But for instance, uh, how about them Cowboys? I don't know. Yeah. It depends on who it is. <laughs> it is. So anyway, he, he they, they they discuss. And it, I think it's trial balloon out in the press just to see how it's going to be reacted. See if anybody calls and says, hey, what, can we take Antonio Brown off your hands for, you know, a 10th round pick and uh, a nickel? 
and nobody comes up. So they say, oh, we're not going to suspend him because Antonio Brown decides he's going to apologize. He's a crying apology yeah, on Friday. apology while flanked with the captains of the team. Yeah, on Friday, okay? That was yesterday. He gets home that night. Oh, no, wait. But you've, oh. so, so he apologizes. He apologizes. And then everyone says, you no know suspension. what? No suspension. He's going to play. He's going to play on Monday night. We're all good. We all <laughs> shed a tear together. Yes. Everyone's unified. Come by up. We're ready to go. Boom. Next day. Mike Mayock sends him another fine, and they're going to avoid his guaranteed money. Remember that $30 million he was so earning? That's gone. And now, as I understand it, once that's gone, He's playing week to week, and there's no termination right. pay, which means if they cut him in week three, that's it. You don't get anything else. We're done. He says, I'm never playing football for them again. He asks for his release. He begs for his release, and they release him. Now, they save $30 million. Well, well they've saved $30 million once they get through the year and a half of NFLPA grievance right. and then litigation. But right. it appears – I don't know how they It appears that. <laughs> that they're on very solid footing because obviously their lawyers were vetting this oh, yeah. from the beginning. That's the reason these letters are sent. Yes. And the magic language about conduct unbecoming or whatever it is, conduct detrimental to the team. Here's what fascinates me about sure. this timing. Go ahead. Time in Raiderland. The timing of okay. this. So, so Br- Brown gives his tearful – apology after his agent drew rosenhaus screams at him for an hour and says you're you're kicking away you're 29 million dollars <laughs> yeah if they want you to go out there and hang yourself in effigy you're going to do that do whatever it takes so he does this and then they send him the letter after mm-hmm. now so what this tells me is because should don't you think they should have had that conversation before for instance mayock should have said listen we're really pleased that you're going to be contrite and you're going to do this apology. I need to tell you, though, um, we're still fining you because you kind of initiated a physical confrontation with me at practice, and we don't really tolerate that. We can't tolerate it. So just so you know, listen, you're making $30 million. You're going to get another letter from me getting fined $250,000. Are we all good? No. They don't do any of that, apparently. They let him apologize and think that, Everything's cool. We're all good. John Gruden announced he's going to play. And then they send him the letter, which is why Antonio Brown freaked out. This tells me that what you alluded to is correct. I think there was a group within the organization, Mayock included, who had decided this guy is Looney Tunes. We cannot have him on the roster. Mm -hmm. Even if he plays in week one or week two, sooner or later this is going to implode. We need to offload him, and we're going to do it by sending him this letter, which is sure to send him around the bend, and he's dead to rights. Mm -hmm. And they wanted him gone. Well, I think think that meeting that happened after Brown blows up at Mayock I think Mayock was inside of, we need to cut this guy, or at least suspend him. And I think Gruden time. wanted to keep him. I think Gruden wanted to keep him. Mark Davis sided with Gruden. And I think Mayock sent this letter last night knowing this would precipitate this action. He said, I'm going around Gruden. Well, I'm the G. I'm the boss. Well, here's the and thing. But he's not that really the boss. Well, and that's, if that's really what happened. On paper, happened, he's the boss. Yes. If that's really what happened, Mike Mayock is not going to be the GM of that team very long. Because John Gruden, yeah. make no mistake, John Gruden is running that show. Sure. They gave him $100 million. He has a 10-year contract. Nine left. Mike Mayock <laughs> is a guy. I'm not saying he's a figurehead per se because he's a smart guy. But at the end of the day, John Gruden gets what he wants. So if Mayock submarined Gruden by sending that letter. He had to have. He had to have. 
Gruden would not have said, do this, because he's yeah, but here's the thing. not an idiot either. But here's he knows what's going to happen. Gruden in his press conference today, and again, they so we tried all, everything. Well, blah, not blah. only that, he was very clear that I completely support. I completely support all of the management through this. Now, maybe he's. What is he supposed to say, though? Well, you. I don't support Mike Mayock, my boss. But you could have told, I think, a little bit from his demeanor, he wouldn't have gone out of his way to say that. But I think somebody could have convinced him. Who? Who could have? Mark Davis could have come said, "You know what, John? I didn't agree with necessarily how Mike handled it, but this is what's going to happen. Brown did his own thing. He causes. It's not you. Put on a good face." We're, we're United Raiders organization, Raider Nation. Let's go. All right. So now it. explain what has happened with that justifies the uh, Death Star. So music. this morning, Brown's cut. And by the way, you knew yeah. this was going to happen. This yes. was this is like a WWE uh, narrative, right? You knew this had to happen. Well, so the roller coaster emotions for me all summer. I'm watching Brown be an idiot. I'm watching. Oh, okay, okay. Maybe we got a good deal at his third and fifth round. That's not so bad for a nutbag who can't seem to figure out how to play football. He gets cut. Yay, he's not on a team. Oh, crap. He doesn't have to clear waivers. Oh, darn, he's a patriot. <laughs> <clears throat> you knew that this was coming. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, here's the thing. I, I swear. When I saw this, and I'm not the only one, oh, every know. person knows football. Know. The minute he became an unrestricted free agent, uh. I told my boys, like, Guarantee you within an hour, there's going to be an announcement he's signing with the Patriots. It's it, unbelievable. <laughs> it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Now, here's, so here's the question. Oh, From a football standpoint, now, the Patriots have done this before. Yeah. Although I'm not willing to compare Randy Moss to Antonio oh, Brown. Randy Moss, who was the last great. No, first of all, he's a better. Well, Antonio Brown is a great receiver. He is, but he is not Randy Moss. No, here's what I'm saying. I'm not even talking about on-the-field <clears throat> performance. I'm talking about Randy Moss, the media at certain stops, didn't like Randy Moss. They viewed him as a little bit of a malcontent. Players didn't, though. That's the point. Yeah. If you, I have never heard a single coach or player who knew, coached, or played with Randy Moss who has said anything other than, we love this guy. Mm-hmm. Now, in Antonio Brown's defense, up to the point when he started becoming nuts, one of the best work ethics in the league, nobody works harder. But to your point, he isolated himself from his team. He works hard on his own. Not so with the team. The the Patriots brought in Randy Moss from Oakland when he and you know he wanted out because the Raiders were a dumpster fire then and, and still that precipitated the next season the Patriots literally go unbeaten and they go eighteen and zero they go to the Super Bowl the David Tyree catch it ruins mm-hmm. the perfect season Randy Moss catches twenty three touchdowns breaks the all time record for receivers mm-hmm. and he basically plays three seasons there and has you know ridiculous pinball like numbers but eventually. He was gotten rid of as well. Yeah, but but no, Not, there was no drama and acrimony. No, it wasn't a drama. That. Corey, Dill, they, they always say Corey Dillon as well, and they give Corey. I mean, Randy Moss didn't win a Super Bowl. Well, the, the, they, so, they lost the perfect season. Yeah, so he didn't win a Super. Bowl. Corey didn't win a Super Bowl in two thousand four with the Patriots. the The difference was Corey Dillon was kind of a malcontent in Cincinnati, but both he and Moss were tired of losing. Antonio Brown had an opportunity to be on a. All time great, long term, in with the Steelers yeah, but, for championship. Okay, possible but he's championship. laughing now. Well, he's he's, he's going to win the Super Bowl. And here's the problem for me. Here is the the complete problem. One, they gave him nine million dollars guaranteed with the Patriots, fifteen million dollar one year contract, which he'll next year he'll negotiate if he does well. He'll negotiate for his forty or fifty million dollars. He ends up behaving like a pig. Yes, and he betters his situation. Did you? 
I, he did put a video out when he was released. Watch reading from Adam uh, Schefter. Like free at last. Free at last. He's running around the backyard screaming, "I'm free! I'm free!" Like you orchestrated the uh-huh. trade, and now you're acting like you were in shackles to get fifty million dollars, thirty of which was guaranteed. Please shackle me for thirty million dollars. I'd love it. Well, Thank I, you. I understand why you, as a Steeler fan, find this intolerable. Uh, well, the other place was the Ravens. It's, it's sort of a stroke of evil genius on Antonio Brown's part. Now, the question is, and I'm not convinced. And he can't play until next week, so he, right, but I'm not convinced about this. Front with him. I really think there's something wrong with Antonio. Brown. I do too. I'm not sure that this is going to work. I don't think it is. But if it does work, the Patriots now have. Antonio Brown, who, if he's if his mind is right, he's one of the t- two best receivers in football. Agreed. Uh, he's a Hall of Famer. They have Josh Gordon. Now, if you don't know who Josh Gordon mm. is, incredibly talented uh, wide receiver. He played for the Browns. He has a whole bunch of substance abuse problems. He's been in and out of rehab. He has, a, he has addictions. Uh, by all accounts, he's a great guy. But he's... You know, he's found it difficult to stay on the field. In terms of raw physical ability, I'm not sure there have ever been two receivers mm. as gifted as these two guys who are still in their prime. Antonio Brown's, what, 31? 31, Josh yeah. Gordon's even younger. Yeah. If they both – oh, and by the way, their third receiver now is Julian Edelman, who mm. is an all-pro. Mm-hmm. That has now become the best from a on paper, and mm-hmm. this could all implode because you got one guy who you don't know whether he's going to fire up a blunt. Mm-hmm. You know, you got another guy who appears to be losing his marbles. The blunt was the famous yes. thing he did. Yes, uh, exactly. <laughs> um, but if they can, if Palpatine Belichick can make this work, they now have the best receiving core in the league. Okay, so here's my take on all this. Forget the fact that it's the Patriots, which I detest. Through every fiber of my being, Tom Brady, which I am disgusted by in every day, every shape. You're disgusted by a lot of people in the NFL. Just, just the Ravens and the Patriots. Everybody you else, have, I'm good. You have loathing and disgust for many people. Uh, just, just those two teams and everything associated with them. So they bring Brown in. Okay. Let's give Brown the credit, possibly, no idea if it's true, that he didn't really want to be a Raider. Even after signing the contract, he really didn't want to be a Raider. So he goes through the whole... I don't know how to wear shoes because I'm that dumb. Uh, I think I can do my, I can paint my old helmet and they'll never notice. I'm going to file two grievances. Even though it was clearly stated, you cannot use this helmet. You had last year to try to find another helmet and you didn't do it. I think he, he orchestrated his way out because he realized David Carr is not what he wants. David Carr is not going to make him what he, want, what he wants to be. So he orchestrates his way out. Maybe he wanted to sign with the Patriots. Maybe he wanted to sign with the Ravens. Maybe he wanted to sign with the Chiefs. I don't know where he wanted to go. He just didn't want to be in Pittsburgh. Great. Now he's with the Patriots. In Pittsburgh, he was allowed to be the screw-up that he is. Show up when he feels like it. Skip meetings. That's not the Belichick way. No, that's my point. But will Belichick let him slide? Okay, so if he doesn't let him slide, and we know Antonio Brown's behavior. The Patriots don't need him. The whole point is, and this is true, and Belichick has demonstrated this throughout his career. Everyone is expendable. Tom Brady is expendable. Belichick has no, he has absolutely no nostalgia. He has, this is all, he's like a machine driven by only one thing, which is which are the players that I can put on the field that is going to help us win. And so this is, for them, this is all upside. Because Mm -hmm. if Antonio Brown continues to flake out, guaranteed, he does that, he's gone 
the minute it happens. Because Belichick just won't allow it. And Belichick has ultimate power. He can do whatever he wants. Mm-hmm. I'm sure they sat Antonio Brown down and said, here's the deal. You want to come play for a dynasty that is going – we already just won the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. We're going to win it again. Probably. If you actually stop the antics, get on the field, do your job, mm-hmm. you're going to win a Super Bowl ring. If you continue to behave like a Looney Tune, <laughs> you will be here. You'll be out the door in a millisecond faster than – you can even imagine. You won't okay? be here. Yeah. You'll be tossed physically from the As premises. Tell me right now, do you think you can do that? Antonio Brown's. He well, lies and says he yes. Still has enough, he still has enough uh, <laughs> mental acuity to Drew say. Drew Rosenhaus hits um, him in the ribs. Yes, say yes, say I'll, yes. I'll go for it. Um, do I'm not sure I give Antonio Brown enough credit that he masterminded all of this. I think it came to a point where he realized. I don't want to be with the Raiders anymore, but that was after all of his bizarre behavior. Okay. I really think there's something a little bit off with it. So him. if that's the case, there is his history, and I think history is a judge of who you're going to be. It's not a matter of I can be somebody different because it's a blank slate. He's a histrionic prima donna wide receiver, which doesn't work in New England. And if Josh Gordon is actually on the field – that means Antonio Brown isn't getting all the balls. Yeah, but he doesn't care about that. Oh, he, he, he does. Well, he does. He doesn't care. If he doesn't get 100 receptions for the season, he's angry because well, he thinks he deserves that. He's not gonna, that's not going to happen in New England. And I think that's going to be the problem. Yeah, but the He's not going to be able to call out Tom Brady. No. He's not going to be able to call out Belichick. And it's not Tomlin who's going to sit there going, okay, Antonio, the difference you're is, okay. The difference is if he's getting 75 and he knows he's going to the Super Bowl, which he is. There's, uh, if, I still think the Chiefs are not. The Chiefs are very good. At. Chiefs are very good, uh, but this reminds me very much of the Dennis. Remember when Dennis Rodman mm-hmm. went to the Bulls? Mm-hmm. It was the same kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm. Dennis Rodman. He, he, this was in the stage of his career when his antics had begun to outweigh his value on the court. Sure. If you remember, he was with the Spurs. Yes, the Spurs, the, the most straight laced, <laughs> button down organization. That was John Lucas, though, right? The, well, that's true. That wasn't popular. But, but they had David Robinson, and nobody could control him. And so Phil Jackson had the same conversation, guaranteed, which is: Listen, you want to come win three championships? You're going to play with the ultimate alpha dog. You can either come here and actually play basketball, mm-hmm. um, or if it doesn't work, you're gone. We don't need you. And what happened? Dennis Rodman completely sublimated himself because why? He was playing with the executioner, Michael Jordan. You don't cross Michael Jordan. Tom Brady is the same kind of figure in the NFL. And then you've got a coach. I mean, Phil Jackson wasn't like a Belichick. No. You've got the ultimate. Totally different. Bill Belichick doesn't tolerate that from anyone. So do you think Brown is going to act to form? Or do you think he's going to get in line to get to the Super Bowl? It's a difficult question. I'm leaning towards he's actually going to play, but because I I still think there's something legitimately wrong with him. Mm-hmm. Like I I don't think he's all there mentally. I that I think there may be some kind of issue by week seven, week eight, because a guy like that just can't control it. Like yeah. we're, we're acting like if it was all an act. I'm just getting my way out of Oakland. Mm-hmm. Maybe so, but I don't think it's an act. I mean, his behavior has become increasingly erratic mm-hmm. and bizarre since CTE. he left the Steelers. Yeah, I, uh, I don't know about that. Well, I, I think he doesn't last the season because he can't control 
himself, and I don't think Belichick or Brady's going to put up with it. If they're winning and he's not a contributing part or large contributing part, it's easy to cut him. It's there, easy. But the reason that I think that he has a chance to do it is if he can, again, rein in if he's really not that far gone. The one thing about Antonio Brown that fits the Patriot culture to a T is the guy is a ferociously hard worker. Okay. There's other guys they've brought in who are not necessarily that. And if there's one thing that Belichick cannot tolerate and will not tolerate is you don't put in the time. Antonio Brown fits in that Patriot culture from the standpoint of nose to the grindstone, detailed, obsessive about his craft. Mm -hmm. So if he can manage to get the voices in his head suppressed a little bit, I think he – I put it at 70-30 that he makes it through the whole season. 70 that he will? Yes. Uh, I'll give you 30-70 that he won't. Okay. Maybe Uh, we should have a wager. We can do that in a second. But I I don't understand – Brown's going to be late for meetings. How many meetings is Bill? No, he's gonna... not. Oh, no, he's not. Uh, let me give you some background here. Not, and I, this is secondhand, but, so understand this. Okay, you're going to tell me about the Steelers and I was late to meetings. No, no, no. I'm, I'm going to tell when he came in at college. Because Mike Tomlin is not Bill Belichick. No, they're not the same person. Not even close. I'm saying when he came in the first two or three years, when he got the Mike Wallace money that was supposed to go to Mike Wallace, and he got it, he changed. Changed into a different yeah. person, changed into an egomaniac. Prior to that, he was humble. Then he became an egomaniac because he was the number one. And ever since that point, he does what he wants. And Mike Tomlin let him. The Steelers organization enabled him to be an egomaniac because they thought, well, it's better to have him with us than against us. And, you know, it's just a practice, just a meeting. The Allen Iverson thing. Practice? You talking about practice? The same thing. Belichick is not going to allow that. You show up at Absolutely. the meeting and you stay the entire time and you pay attention. And yes. if you can't do that, you're and not you know here. why? You know why he's going to do this? Because I think part of the conversation that his agent would have had with him is kind of one of these scared straight conversations, which is, listen. How long does that last, though? No, no, no. But here's the thing. The conversation had to be, Antonio, you need to understand something. You have so damaged your brand. You're famous. You're dangling by a slender thread. Mm -hmm. And if you don't make this work, you're never going to play in the NFL again. In other words... Nope. There were teams that were already like there's a guy in the NFL network, Ian Rappaport, all these guys, you know, Adam Schefter. There were already guys texting them about before we knew it was the Patriots saying we won't touch him with a 10 foot pole. Mm -hmm. He may never play again. And if there's one thing that will get Antonio Brown's attention is you have one chance to rehabilitate yourself. You have so tainted your reputation in the last year that if you blow this with the Patriots, you're done Mm -hmm. in the NFL. No, you will get no one will be interested in you and no one will pay you anything. So you have one shot. You either pull it together. You go to the meetings. You do the Patriot way or your career. Literally, your is career over. is over. You can go play in Canada or in the XFL and that will get his attention. This is his third team since he last played an NFL game. Yes. Well, of course. So that's what I mean. That, let that sink in. Third team since he last played an NFL game, and the last NFL game was the end of December 2018. Well, it's really his second team. I mean, no, he was on the Raiders. No, that's he just didn't point. play any. He didn't well, play you're counting game. the Steelers, right? I mean, played in the played in week 16 for left, Steelers. So he left his prior team. It's his second team since he left the Steelers. Well, his second since he left, which would be the third if we count yeah, two but how, plus how one. How are we counting the Steelers? Because he was on that team. team. They drafted him. He's there for nine years. That's why. 
That's what I'm saying. I, I, you don't. Can you name another Hall of Fame player who's been on two teams using your lot, your number system? I'll use my three in between seasons. Between the end of one season and the start of next season, you've you didn't go from one team to another. You were somewhere else in right. between. Can you name another Hall of Fame no, where that's prob- happened? Probably not. Well, it's a completely completely bizarre situation. Yeah, but that's... I think I think that was explained to Antonio Brown. You have this is your one reprieve because you have so messed this up. Your name is Mud. There, there are teams that will never look at you again in terms of signing you because you have now so ruined your reputation. This is your last shot. You actually have, whether by calculation or dumb luck, fallen into, you have behaved like an infant, like an insane person, and you have fallen into a situation where you are actually probably have an 80% chance of playing in the Super Bowl. Yeah. If you mess this up, you are done. Well, I agree. I think when when he isn't re-signed or doesn't finish the season, I don't know anybody else who wants to take, take that on. I think Colin Kaepernick has a better shot of getting signed than. Antonio you mean Brown. if it doesn't work with the Patriots? Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. he's finished. I, I don't think there's anybody who's going to say, "Yeah, let's have this guy in" because I think he's the guy. But it is a very scary and depressing proposition if it works. Having him on the field with Josh Gordon, Julian Edelman, Tom Brady, that offensive line. I, I mean, the people in New England, they, they just must be laughing themselves to sleep. It's like it's just amazing. This is the behavior I don't like. <laughs> what do you mean it's the behavior you don't like? This goes back to the talk last week, which was I. he's acting like a complete yes. jerk at every stage and improves himself. But it, you're, you're basically making the argument life is not fair. Yes, life, life is, is not, not fair. fair. I get that. And one of our listeners called me a socialist last week and you a socialist the week before, but that's fine. Oh, actually, I wanted to – but see, the thing is that was sort of an incorrect analysis because you were the only one who was the socialist. Last week, yes. Yes, but I wasn't a socialist the previous week. Well, she, she thought you were. I know. That, that's incorrect. You were the only socialist. <laughs> oh, and, before, and I know the person's not listening at this point, but I'm going to say it anyway. Uh, one person thought that I uh, slandered them because I said – they didn't like sports in a previous podcast. This person doesn't like us talking about sports because they don't like to talk about. It. They don't right. watch Sports Center. They like sports immensely. Watch all different types of sports, including football, but they don't like us talking about sports. So, if you're still listening, it's still on here. I did apologize. I forgot. Do you want me to? I will explain in 30 seconds why you were an actual socialist and I was not. Because the argument that I made was essentially, I am absolutely for players getting paid whatever they can earn on the marketplace. My comment was. I would like it if some players voluntarily and on an individual basis said, I'm going to take a little bit less mm-hmm. so that I can win. That's not socialist. Socialist is telling players you can't you're not money. entitled to make this, which was your argument because it made you angry no. that players who you viewed subjectively as not being worth it, whatever that means, since the market defines what it's worth, you didn't like the idea of them making as much money. That's why you're a socialist and I'm not. Okay. I don't disagree that I was probably <laughs> a socialist. Jacoby Brissett got a $30 million two-year contract from the Colts. He's got five victories in his career. Right. $30 million for five victories. I, I don't care. Is there literally nobody you can put on the roster no. who's actually capable of throwing point. the ball? That's the point. But you give Jacoby Brissett $30 million. If, you, if there was somebody else, they would be on the team. Well, based on your logic, 
that means Dak Prescott is probably worth $100 million because he's got a whole lot more victories than Jacoby Brissett. But it doesn't matter how many victories you have. It does to me. I'm a merit-based society. There's a limited talent pool. Sure. These people people spend 26 hours in a 24-hour day Mm -hmm. scouring the land for every person that could possibly fill that position. You know, including going to Nepal. There are (laughs) only certain guys that can do it. And that's the reason, even though they only have five wins, because somebody's got to be under center for an NFL team. And whether you got five wins or a hundred wins. Is Tom Tupa not available? Is Jeff George dead? Is he still alive? He played for the Colts at one time. He is. Absolutely. He could hand off. And you know what? If Jeff George was playing right now (laughs) as as an inveterate backup, he'd be making 30 or 40 million and you'd be (laughs) railing about that. Oh, it's just, it blows my mind. Who's going to, who's going to win this? whole thing the patriots you think it's still the patriots yes i'm going with the chiefs i still think the chiefs have more weapons because I'm, I'm not convinced that the all-star team that they've assembled what? is the best i would have well but it's not an all-star team all they here's the thing what was the what was the thing that would have favored the chiefs going into this season their their juggernaut offense and their it's not their de- but, defense but now but here's what the <laughs> patriots have just done yeah if this works out the patriots now have an offense that is arguably Maybe not quite as explosive as the Chiefs, but it's pretty darn close. Who would you rather have? Tyree Kill, Sammy Watkins as your one-two, or Antonio Brown, Josh Gordon? Guess what? I'm taking Antonio Brown, Josh Gordon, assuming they can stay on the field, which is a big assumption. Yeah. I I feel like the Chiefs have more consistency in the recent past for people staying on the field and staying with the team. Gordon and Brown – don't get that luxury until they show me that they can. So until that happens, and I don't want to dis- diminish this, Tom Brady's 42. That's true. I, I don't care if he's Tom Terrific, which he did not get to uh, trademark. He's 42. He is. At some point, it could be this year, it could be next year. It, he's not playing indefinitely. Well, and here, you know, to your point, if the Patriots didn't win that Super Bowl, Tom did not have a good Super Bowl. No, he did not, but they still uh, won. No, they played against a very good defense. Wade Phillips is a great defensive sure. coordinator. That can make a lot of people look bad. Sure. But here's the other thing. Who are you taking, Bill Belichick or Andy Reid? Oh, and Bill I, Belichick every I have, time. I have great respect Andy for Andy Reid. Andy Reid is one of the most gifted offensive minds in the sure. NFL. But you're not taking anybody over Bill Belichick. And now Bill Belichick just acquired – for basically, you know, a bag of corn nuts. Yeah. I mean, what is that? Nine million? Who cares? Well, they said that's a significant amount, but I'm like, mm, really? Is it? They He just acquired one of the two best receivers in mm-hmm. the NFL. Yeah. And actually, the only the guy that I'm saying is the other best one is uh, Julio Jones. Who, who just got another who, contract. But Julio Jones doesn't score touchdowns. No. I Antonio think Brown's better Brown, receiver. Antonio Sorry. Brown gets into the end zone. Antonio Brown isn't as tall and lanky as doesn't Julio Jones. Well, I'm just saying. But he, I think he's, when he's on, he is, he catches everything near him. Not I, I won't disagree he, with not that. Not only does he catch everything near him, he can play anywhere on the field. Yes. He can be and a slot fast. guy. He can be your over-the-top guy. He runs incredibly precise routes. Well, he and so Gordon are going to take turns That's why he's perfect for the Patriots sure. because they can plug him in anywhere. 
Mm-hmm. In fact, in many ways, he's not as good as Randy Moss physically. No. Randy Moss was not a guy that played everywhere. Randy no. Moss did one thing, and he did it better than anyone, which is run down the field, <laughs> run past everybody, and catch the ball because nobody could get the ball from him, and nobody was that fast. Right. Antonio Brown, you can plug him anywhere you want Agreed. on the line. That's perfect for Belichick. It, they become a very scary well, he, team. He becomes their number one. He becomes their number yeah, one receiver. Yeah, he is receiver. their number one, and their Gordon's number two. Gordon's probably two, and Edelman's three. But, and their and number that's not two, a bad three. Their number two is actually more physically gifted. Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens. You think the Patriots, I picked the Chiefs. Are we not even giving the NFC a chance here? Well, I don't think so. the Eagles should actually be very, very good. If you look at if you look at their depth at every skill position. What about the Jaguars? Uh, Nick Foles. No. <laughs> I actually like Nick Foles. No. The Eagles... The Eagles, I think, are legitimate. Look, their defense, Mm -hmm. they have the most. Now, they may not have the best defense in the league. The Bears might be the best defense. But in terms of defensive depth, you looked up and down their roster. They're the most stacked team in the league. But they still got Carson Wentz, who is unproven to take them to the playoffs. They have oh, he hasn't been, won a playoff game. Right. He hasn't been he's, in a playoff game. He's got to prove he can stay on the field. When yeah. he's on the field, he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Just don't disagree. But so you can he get make there. it? Can he make it through? We'll see. We'll see. They gave him a lot of money. They chose him over Foles, which is probably the right choice. But they he hasn't done anything for him in the playoffs yet. They don't know. So we'll see what happens tomorrow night. Patriots Steelers. Who do you want? Who do you think? Steelers. I think it's the Patriots. Sadly, it's in it's in Foxborough. Uh, you know why I think Steelers? Because they're going to be, gonna be so infuriated seeing Antonio Brown standing on that sideline. I think Steelers win. And you know what? The Patriots are notorious for this. They don't get off to very good starts frequently. We've heard this the last couple of Oh, yeah. it's a disaster. It's over. Yeah. Uh, by the end of the year, they'll be a smoothly running machine. I think the Steelers win this time. I want the Steelers. I think it's going to be the Patriots. I just don't. I'm not convinced the Steelers defense has gotten enough gotten better enough to make a difference, and I think the Steelers have less offensive talent than they had before. I think so. it's the anti-A-B fury. that uh, Maybe. Get you through one week. Yep. Uh, we'll see. That's what you need. All right. That's all I got. That was an excellent, what, 20 minutes of sports. <laughs> Hopefully our friend listened through to get his apology. I don't, I don't think so. Uh, well, that's his fault then. I, I gave it. <laughs> you got to listen for it. <laughs> all right. That's it. I'm Chad. I'm Tony. Good night. This has been a Hannah Tree production.